that. If you haven't signed up for it yet, making bad life choices. Sign up using promo code GRINDERS. Get a free 100% deposit bonus on your first $50. It's free money. All you got to do is play through it, and it is yours, and you don't even have to do any research. Just watch these videos a few times a week, throw in these props, and let the money roll in. Got a special Thursday night football edition for you today. Got four picks for you, so stay tuned. All right, so this is my first prop for the Thursday night football game. It is a two out of two rapid fire. All right, so we got Winston versus Newton. Newton only getting 13.5 yards, so Winston is the obvious choice. This Tampa Bay team likes to air the ball out quite a bit. He was disappointing week one, but that doesn't matter. I'm not going to let that play too much into me. I think that Winston outscores Newton easily here. Currently over in Vegas, he's pegged for 20 more yards than Newton, 22 in some spots here. So this makes it an easy one to go with. You roll with Winston next up McCaffrey versus Evans here, giving up 1.5 total receptions. McCaffrey pegged for about three more receptions around Vegas for this game here. Yes, Evans does have a whole lot of juice on the over at 3.5, but McCaffrey just normal juice on the 6.5 over here. So it is very simple here. You roll with McCaffrey, you get the free win here. All you got to do is win with Winston, and chances are that's likely to happen. All right, next up, we got my second prop for the Thursday Night Football game. It is a two out of three over under. All right, so Winston over under 277.5 yards. Currently, Vegas hasn't pegged at 272. So I'm rolling with the under here. It's real simple here. This is a very large number, and the Carolina defense is actually decent here. So I'm rolling with the under on this. Next up, Newton over under 264.5 again vegas has pegged for a few yards less than that around 258 here so i'm rolling with the under take the under this one's easy newton's not going to get that much again he can get stuffed on the ground he can rush the ball and mccaffrey is probably going to be rushing the ball a decent amount carolina's likely to win this game and so i think that they're going to the game script does not favor newton hitting the over on this you take the under Last up, Evans over under 85.5. This is about the correct line, but he's only pegged for around three and a half, four and a half receptions here over in Vegas. So you take the under here of 85.5, currently pegged for 82.5 yards in Vegas with juice on the under here. So I'm rolling with the under. All right, next up, we have my third prop. It is a two out of three rapid fire in the Thursday Night Football game. All right, so we got Winston versus Newton. Kind of already went over this. 13.5 is not enough passing yards to give up for me to take Newton. So I'm rolling with Winston here. Again, pegged for around 20 more passing yards than Newton. That's a pretty big advantage here. So I'm rolling with Winston. Next up, Evans versus Godwin's total reception yards. I'm taking Evans. Everyone's all over Godwin, but Evans is there with it projected 82.5 total receiving yards. Godwin, he could end up with 100, but guess what? He could end up with 15. Kind of a boomer bust play here. Well, Evans has a guaranteed amount of targets coming his way. Should end up with a decent amount of yards here. Godwin could end up with none. I think he beats him. Godwin beats him three out of 10 times here, but the three out of 10 times, he beats him by about 30 to 40 yards here. Well, Evans slightly beats Godwin fairly often in this prop here. Last up, Jones versus McCaffrey. Jones just had 70 yards rushing last week. Jones is a decent running back that I think will start getting more of a workload here. McCaffrey on the other side, giving up 40 yards. That's just too much. McCaffrey may end up with 100 yards rushing, but we all know that he can do a whole bunch of receiving game here. That it's not just the rushing game that where he gets everything here. So Jones getting 40.5 yards. There's a chance McCaffrey does not even get 40.5 yards. It's that simple here. You roll with Jones. All right, guys, last up, we have my last prop of the night. But before I get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe over on the YouTube channel. Let you know exactly when these videos are coming out. 
so that you can get your props in and leave any questions or any of your favorite props in the comment section over on YouTube. But let's get to my fourth prop of the Thursday night football game. It is a three out of four over on. All right, so we got CMC over under 28.5 yards. That is a big number. Yes, this is a full point PPR site here, but that doesn't matter for me. 28.5 fantasy points is too much. You take the under here. The Blitz currently has them pegged for right around that, but in most situations it's going to end under, but a lot of situations is going to end up with 40 points. So the mean maybe 28.5, but the median is going to be well under 28.5 here. You take the under. Next up, Winston over under 17.5 points. Currently, the Blitz has not pegged for around 21 points here. So you roll the over here. This is way too low of a number for Winston. Clearly going to hit the over. Next up, Newton over under 20.5. Again, the mean is probably above 20.5, but the median is under 20.5 here. A lot of things have to go right for him to get over 20 points here. I think he's going to go under it, so you take the under 20.5 here. Last up, Evans over under 16.5. I am taking the over. A nice little correlation play between him and Winston here. I'm taking the over. He could it, should end up with a touchdown here. Should end up with quite a few receptions. Should end up with quite a few yards here. So a touchdown, four receptions, and 80 yards gets him to the over fairly easily here. So take the over and move on. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. We'll be back again next week for Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football again. Happy to have this time of the year back. Enjoy football. Good luck on all your props. I'm out of here. See you, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Steen 7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it's 501 of the East Coast, 201 401 Tennessee time, which of course that means it's time for the flagship show today. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Yahoo. And joining me today, it's one Pepsi 7, who, uh, you know, the baseball season, we still have three more weeks as far as DFS. But Pepsi, this is your this is your last show here as far as, uh, you know, this season for baseball. 
you're going to be hopping on a plane. Tell the people what you're doing. Tell them what's your schedule like today? Uh, it's a busy one. I'm going to do this show. I'm going to uh, make a couple of lineups. Don't have a lot of time here. And I'm heading to the airport, flying off to Asia for five or six months. I'm going to skip the cold, nasty winter here for a change, something I've always had to do, and uh, figure out where I want to be in the winter from now on. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss the chat. I'm going to miss the rest of baseball season a little bit. But uh, I am not going to miss winter, and I'm certainly going to enjoy the beach in the sun. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, hey, I don't know about that. Canada gets pretty cold, it's my understanding. I've been to Canada, but not during the uh, the winter seasons. But uh, I guess you got to pack your coat. I, I'm ready. I'm good to go, though. I'm prepared for the weather, apparently, with the, the hoodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dressed appropriately, despite the fact it's like 95 degrees here currently in uh, good old Nashville, Tennessee. Perhaps, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to have a fun show because it's a, it's a seven-gamer. And, you know, it's a Thursday. It's always kind of light. Half the games during the day, half the games at night. Uh, of course, there's plenty to play out there. But uh, – you know, do you want to just sort of dive right in on this later? Shall we talk some nonsense? We'll probably get some nonsense nonsense later on in the show because I'm sure the people have some questions as far as what's going down, uh, you know, and, and what you're up to. But And also, Narrative Street says, Pepsi, uh, you're winning tonight. So everybody's playing for second. You're going to bank, correct? <laughs> That'd be nice. I mean, I wasn't sure how much I played tonight, but I thought, man, you're going to be at the airport for probably a couple hours after you checked in and bored. Might as well play some fantasy uh, like I would normally do anyway. And, uh, Gives me something to follow here. So it would be nice to uh, go out in style for sure. Yeah, can't wait to have you back next season. Uh, Pepsi, you're definitely going to be winning uh, all the loonies tonight, all the toonies, all the butter tarts. It's going to be good times <laughs> for sure. Uh, you know, Pepsi, if we just take a walk down memory lane, just for fun, sure, why not? Take a gander. You remember maybe two or three years ago, give or take, whatever it was, you used to have this little segment. Um, you know, you would talk about some pitchers. Uh, we're going to talk about pitching right now as far as a slate. So, I mean, I don't know if you're prepared for such a thing, but um, – would you be able to talk about something? You know, the people in the chat, I actually saw the name there. So maybe you, you might recall, like you're, you're getting a little flashback, a little nostalgia there, Pepsi. But, uh, you know, talk about pitching and the, the way you best see fit as far as a slate tonight. <laughs> Are you referring to me running a, a video here? Is that what we're referring to here, Dean? Uh, quite possibly. I mean, look, I don't want to, again, I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't want to make you, make you work any harder than you actually have to. But, uh, you know, give the people what they want. Going old school here. Okay. Hello, Grinders, and welcome to the Thursday edition of On the Bump. I'm your host, Chris Lowry. Of course, the handle is Pepsi7. And as we always do on the bump, you're going to get your top tier pitcher, your value pitcher, and the best part, the gas can of the night. Let's kick it off on the high dollar tier with Justin Verlander of the Houston Astros. Verlander, unlike any other pitcher on the board tonight, simply can't be touched by his floor or his ceiling. He's got a so-so matchup here, but Verlander has been lights out all season long, consistently going deep into games, generating plenty of strikeouts. He is your cash game lock. Certainly there's some merit, perhaps, to getting off of him in GPPs, but he is easily the top arm on the slate. As we move to the value tier with Tyler Maley of the Cincinnati Reds, Maley's been inconsistent, not a great pitcher by any means, but he's got a plus matchup and a great price tag. The Mariners are terrible. They strike out a ton. You're looking for a value with a little bit upside. It's going to be Tyler Maley. And finishing off with our gas can tonight, we're going to the Rogers Center, where Clay Buckholtz having some reverse revenge, perhaps, versus the Boston Red Sox. Dean, to steal your thunder there. Love the Red Sox tonight on the road. Buckholtz has been terrible, giving up a lot of power and hits to mostly right-handed batters, but really we can pick on him with anybody. And, of course, the bullpen behind him is not much better. It's all the Boston Red Sox tonight versus gas can of the night, Clay Buckholtz. 
Well done, Pepsi. I'm sure the people out there appreciate that. You know, let's let's kind of go back and yeah, I, I just got nostalgic too. Is it like riding a bike that just all came right to you? Like that's how that goes down, right? Because <laughs> you used to knock those out three, four times a week on the rig. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time doing those shows. And uh, geez, you said two or three years ago. Has it really been that long? It feels like I guess it's been a week since I've been doing those. So uh... I think you did it when you're like 23, 24. Um, but now, of course, you're at the old uh, age of 27. Is that where we're going? What kind of math are you using? Yeah, it's my prime years in baseball. Magical year 27. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and Verlander is, is so far and above everybody else on this slate. You know, 14 starters, obviously, seven-game slate. You talked about it as far as Verlander. The, the, the Ks have been absolutely ridiculous. What is it, like eight eight in his last 10 uh, double-digit Ks as far as strikeouts? The ownership's going to reflect that because he's uh, he's in his own tier, and then there's like a, probably a tier below him that's like blank unless you want to count Corbin, which we'll talk about Corbin in a second. I think he's kind of interesting. Uh, last I saw, there is some weather concerns in that game. Like, there's a couple games of weather concerns. So uh, hopefully we get an update from Roth. If we do so, D-Train, our fabulous multitasking producer, we'll go ahead and drop the link in chat for you guys. And I want to see this well, too. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, try to pull it up on the fly as the show is progressing. And, of course, uh, the most up-to-date update as far as weather. you got to hit up crunch time with uh, Kevin Roth tonight. With also, also, cheese is good. Cheese is good. We'll be answering all your baseball-related questions questions and Roth will be all over the weather yeah so Pepsi I'm seeing like basically 50% ownership on Verlander tonight uh as far as the K props it's not a monster number for Verlander if like you put it in perspective it's eight and a half and that Oakland team doesn't necessarily strike out a ton uh you know but we've seen it before we just bet on the talent bet on the arm it doesn't really matter who's got the stick in their hand he's going to strike out seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen possibly fourteen we know Houston's you know kind of sort of cruising in you know, to the playoff and you're turning in the playoff mode. You saw 102 pitches last time out, 120 before that. Um, you know, I, I guess you can make the argument maybe he's not going to go 115 or 120 anymore, but he's going to throw 100, I would think. And it, it's just like he is the best pitcher. Uh, raw points matter when it comes to pitchers, too, <laughs> when you have that salary to delegate out. And when we talk about SB2 in a second, you mentioned Molly. It's not fun. I don't want to click that button, but I understand why you talked about him. But just to reiterate, Pepsi, uh, I'm not playing cash games, but if you're playing cash games, 100% we're playing Verlander, correct? Absolutely. Verlander is by far and away, again, as I mentioned earlier, has the highest floor and ceiling. No pitcher can really touch him. I mean, the only other guy that maybe you could even call an ace is Corbin. He's got a pretty tough matchup here. So it's far and away Verlander. And I even wrote this in expert survey, which I find interesting. This is a veteran guy. You know, the team's making the playoffs. At some point, maybe you're going to cruise control at the end, but He's not slowing down at all. He's actually been even better since the All-Star break. 41.1% strikeout rate, as you mentioned, uh, you know, eight double-digit strikeout games in his last 10, and seven alone since the All-Star break. So he's been on fire. You know, Oakland, obviously a good team and, and, and more so a neutral matchup. They don't strike out a ton. they got some power there. And, you know, with Verlander, he's likely going to get a couple home runs anyway, but uh, hopefully they're solo shots. But there's just no mistake in it. You, you know, you're rolling out a cast in life. you got to start with Verlander. And like you, not playing cash right now either. Again, just making a couple lineups before I, before I dart out of here. But um, it's hard to get off of Verlander. You know, what I mean, like it's just even in GPPs, I'm looking, I'm going, what else do I really like here? I mean, you know, we can, there's a couple of cheap options that I don't dislike, and some bats, obviously, that we always love. And uh, I may go up, end up going with Verlander, and um, you know, a cheaper arm, and both my GPP lineups as well here. Yeah, uh, and it's same thing on Yahoo as far as uh, the sponsor of the show too. And you know, Pepsi, I actually. You know, I, I think it's not a terrible idea, at least an interesting idea. We'll talk about Molly. I just don't – if he's going to be super chalky, Molly is an SB2, and that, that's sort of where he's at. If for no other reason, like he's the last man standing, uh, I'm seeing ownership at, what, like 25 you know, 30%, depending on where you're looking, 
depending on the sites. I'm seeing 28% on Yahoo as of right now. This, of course, you know, we know how it's always changing. It gets closer and closer, more and more refined as we come up to, to lock. I think it was even a higher number on DK. I was looking at it earlier. And I'm considering uh, packaging, you know, assuming we get the all clear from, from Roth or at least some tournaments rolled out there as far as Corbin, you know, uh, he's been really good of late. I know he's going to face a bunch of righties, which is not appealing. I know the ballpark, you know, is not great there. But it looks, it's fine. But the DH is what I'm thinking of. You know, he doesn't get to pick on a pitcher necessarily. But, um, you know, just kind of grabbing those raw points. And I think you could kind of still make it work. And one thing I did before the show is you can make a Tampa Bay stack with the two studs, double barrel. That's something I'm absolutely looking at. You know, Tampa Bay well positioned there uh, in Texas. We'll talk about them when it comes to the hitters. Of course, there's some other hitters out there that I want as well. You can't get everybody because Pepsi, say it with me. We live in the world of a salary cap, obviously, but uh, I don't I don't mind the lineups I'm getting with Corbin and Verlander together. Of course, Corbin in the season, 28.6% as far as the Ks. And once again, we see the Tortoise is in there, 6.8% as far as Ks on Minnesota. That's terrible. Reyes doesn't strike out a lot either. Now, the mouthwash, Jonathan Scope, he's in the lineup, which is good to see. So collectively, 19.1%. Again, not a great number, but uh, I'm considering some Corbin. Uh, you talked about Male, and we know his splits are really dramatic. We know Seattle's got a bunch of lefties, too. But for the most part, those lefties aren't good. Uh, but Male hasn't pitched very good either, uh, at least of late. Uh, it, it's just be- because he's the last dude left, right? It's not because you like him, per se? Yeah, that's, that's more or less what it is. Just, just kind of touching on Corbin again. I don't dislike Corbin in the matchup. I think he's perfectly fine. I just don't think it's necessary. And I, I want the bats tonight. And just from tinkering around a little bit, again, I'm only making a couple lineups. So I'm, I'm probably going to go for the gusto and go down to a value guy, load up in some bats, and, and hope the bats, along with JV, do most of the talking here. But um, yeah, Mealy's got the potential to go six innings. You know, he's, he's going to throw 90 to 100 pitches. There's no real leash on him. He's got strike at upside. We've seen that. Yes, he's inconsistent and can get wild. But again, Seattle's going to help him with that. So if he can go six innings, give up three runs, strike out five or six, I'm perfectly fine for that as, at his price point. I don't expect, you know, much more than that. But he has the potential in this matchup for more. You mentioned he hasn't been great, but his last start was awful, obviously. The start before that, I think he went around the six inning mark, struck out five, go a couple runs, put up 20 plus DK points. That's certainly good enough. And you know, it might be a ceiling around 2022, but again, we'll take that. So um, I love the idea of going JV and Malley. And again, I'm only doing a couple lineups and I might just do that combination both times because I don't love a lot here in the value tier. And it's just, it's more about getting Verlander some big bats in there. And Malley's the guy that can make it work. That also has the potential to put up a decent score with him. Yeah. So I referenced those splits, by the way, Pepsi. And this is kind of one of the reasons why I'm considering just going double barrel, even though I don't necessarily love that matchup. Um, but uh, outside of Rolander, even Rolander's matchup's not great. We know he's matchup proof. And, uh, you know, versus lefties versus righties, he's probably going to see seven light, uh, seven lefties, including, you know, Team Gurr CEO Daniel Vogelbach. And again, not all these lefties are very good. Long is presumed to be the leadoff man. Uh, you know, but Seeger has some nice pop as well. Gordon, no punch at all. Malik's will swipe the bag. I think he's just trying to pile up as many stolen bases of late from watching him, uh, at least last night specifically. Uh, you know, there's a splits here for my leg versus righty's good. 279, well, well, 121 ISO. The K is 26%. We like that. But again, we're only projecting two righties. So but predominantly, it's going to be lefties, 20.8% as far as the Ks. The ISO is too high at 255. The Woba is too high at 370. So I just think it's bad chalk. But like, that's my problem is like, okay, when you say it's bad chalk, where else do you go? And that's where we're stuck. And that's kind of the quandary of the slate tonight. Uh, you know, and just let's cross some names out. Rich Hill, nice, you know, big name to some degree, at least especially in years past. But 
Pepsi, he's not going to go long. He's projected to go a couple innings or something like that, and he's got a particular right. price. So you got to throw him out. You got to kick him out of the bucket. You can't play him. Uh, same deal we're expecting as far as um, well. Let's. I think Shasin is kind of sort of an opener as well. We're seeing Boston with an opener situation. McKay, I love McKay. I really wish McKay was going to get pushed today, but you know, and Tampa wants to get every W possible. They're they're playing for the, the playoffs. They have like like a seventy percent chance or so. Last time I checked. Rooting for them, by the way, Pepsi. Who's your, who are you rooting for in the playoffs? I'm all about those small, small market teams. Yeah, I am too. You know, I certainly <clears> want to see Minnesota make a run. I think that'd be interesting. I don't know, though, Cleveland, Tampa, and Oakland all within, what, a half a game of each other, I want to say, or a game, something like that. So that's an interesting race. I mean, Tampa, Tampa Bay is kind of a boring team in a way, and the ballpark's not fun to watch. And I like the idea of them being small market and, and, and making it work. So I don't really have a strong preference there, but I've always kind of had a thing for Cleveland. So I think let's hear for Cleveland. I think Cleveland's got an opportunity to actually maybe upset somebody as well, more likely than Tampa or Oakland. You know, they've got the pitching, even without Bauer. They've got good hitting. If their bullpen could come around. So I'll probably cheer for Cleveland uh, to come out of there too. And then hopefully Minnesota and Cleveland, one of those two can, can pull an upset maybe. And it's the same in the National League. You know, let's cheer for an upset. Anybody but the Dodgers coming out of there. I just pulled up the analytics odds. I was kind of curious when I get up the data as far as that. Cleveland, 61% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, we have, well, Minnesota, of course, is going to be in there, 99% chance unless something really insane happens. 63% for the Rays, uh, and Oakland is, uh, I think they're also, like, Oakland's 78%. So, and I think Oakland, Cleveland, and Tampa, like, those three are battling for two spots. I think that sounds right, correct? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So, Tampa's got the wild card by a half game on Oakland, and Cleveland's a half game out. That's crazy tight. Yeah, and that, like, oh, those are the teams I want to root for. I wish all three can get in there, but what are you going to do? At least Boston's out. We can agree that's a good thing, right, Pepsi? Yeah, I mean, I, for some reason, I cheered for Boston to win the World Series last year. I mean, they did, which is great. You know, again, anybody but the Dodgers. Um, but I find myself cheering for them against Houston, which was strange, you know? But that's just the way it works. I can never seem to watch a game and be neutral. Eventually, my body starts cheering for somebody, even though I don't realize it. But, uh, yeah, Boston being out is pretty cool. And uh, the National League, I mean, how about this? If the Cubs lose today, which I think they're up 3 nothing now, Milwaukee would have won seven straight and be in the playoffs without Yellows. That's crazy. So I want the Cubs out too. I'd like to see Milwaukee and Washington take it in there. Atlanta obviously would be fun if they could make a run, but um, I really think it's all about the Dodgers there. I just hope they don't win the World Series. Not sure. It's what is your Dodge? What do they do to you? What, what do the Dodgers do to you, Pepsi? I don't know because I love the Kirk Gibson <laughs> moment. It might be my favorite moment in all, of all time in baseball, the Kirk Gibson home run off the bench and all that story, but. I guess it's the Dodgers. They're loaded. They spend all this money. Kind of the same thing with the Yankees and Red Sox. And it's also the same old thing, right? I've seen the Dodgers enough. I know they didn't win a World Series, but they're there every year. It's just like, yeah, I'd rather see somebody like Atlanta or Minnesota or somebody young and fun and different be there and win it. So uh, I don't know how much baseball I'm going to see over in Asia. That really bothers me. I do love baseball more than any other sport. I watch a ton of baseball. The baseball playoffs be the most exciting thing as well. And it will be morning there when it's night here. So I'm hoping to watch some baseball playoffs, but you uh, gotta catch some uh, like Korean baseball or Japanese baseball live. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that's uh, definitely on the agenda at some point as well. Come spring of next year, if I'm still there, for sure, go to Japan, watch some some baseball. That would be nice. But uh, I may have to rely on you and then doing some Skype calls to update me on the on the baseball world. Well, yeah, I mean, there's the interwebs too, but yeah, for for sure. Uh, well, you mentioned Yelich. Uh, apparently, he doesn't need surgery, and he may be back in six weeks. They said. I don't know if that's. If it would work out math-wise, I think if Milwaukee's still alive, I guess, in theory. Well, no, yeah, that would probably be like the World Series. I don't know. I, haven't done that. Yeah, I heard I, that's – I don't – I mean, you got to rehab and all that from there, too. I don't see – I think he's healing in six weeks. Oh. Best case. I, I don't know how you'd be back and ready to go at that point. But, 
That'd be pretty interesting. I can't see Milwaukee. I, I just I just don't think Milwaukee even gets in, to be honest. I think the Cubs are no. right now. But if they do get in, I, I don't know who they're going to be. You know, one game playoff, and then you're in the, in the series. I mean, it'd be crazy if they do. I'll cheer for it. Why not? I mean, just get in in baseball, and anybody's got a shot, right? We saw the Kansas City Royals win a World Series. Um, and, you know, the Marlins have un- are undefeated, undefeated in the playoffs. They get in the playoffs, they're not going to lose. They've been, they made it twice, both times with the wild card, and won the World Series both times. We have an update, by the way, as far as weather, Pepsi. Uh, Devin just went ahead and dropped the, uh, the link in chat for you guys, not just the RG chat. I presume also in the YouTube chat as well. Uh, feel free to like and subscribe us, uh, to us over there. Lots of football content every single day. There's more pumped out last night. Uh, the PFF show and the Pick 6 show. Uh, from Rotor World, just uh, throwing it out there. If you guys not watched just yet, um, of course, there's football going down tonight, the Thursday nighter. Uh, yellow, orange in Baltimore, yellow in Philly, Pepsi, and yellow, orange in Minnesota. We will talk about these games and you know, as if, you know, as if they're going to go. But again, keep an eye on what Roth has to say uh, on crunch time. And let's just jump back to McKay for one second. It's just that, you know, young product. Tampa's known for babying their guys. I think he threw, what, 59 pitches last time out. And I don't want to just presume that he's going to jump, like the, the natural presumption is they jump up 15 pitches. I, I think they're going to suppress his pitches possibly, but if he throws 75 against this Texas team, he's got the K stuff and this Texas lineup strikes it enough. And this SB2 is terrible enough. If you tell me he's going to throw 75 pitches tonight, I would play him in tournaments as my SB2. I just don't even know if he's going to get that many out. That's the problem. And I, and I like McKay a lot. And the matchup's good, as you mentioned, Texas strikes at a ton versus lefties. I like him better than Malley you know, including his higher price tag, if we knew what we're going to get. But I believe the last couple times out, I want to say is around the 55 pitch mark. I mean, he wasn't even pitching that bad. Well, last time at what, three and two thirds, struck out seven, mm-hmm. 59 pitches. Time before that, 59 pitches. It's like, I mean, I don't understand he's pitching well, why he can't get to 80, 85. We were seeing that before, even in the 90s at some point. It just makes me nervous to think he could go four innings and strike out five batters and, and get hooked. So, ooh, I mean, if I had time, to play more lineups. I would probably do close to maybe a 60-40 split with Maley versus McKay here, but I, I don't have the time to do that tonight. Like I said, I'm only making a couple lineups here. It looks like two. Um, so McKay probably misses the cut just because of that. But I think McKay is interesting. And even in four innings, he's got the potential to strike at six or seven Texas Rangers. It really does. But I just wish the 59 back-to-back bothers me. The one start, we know he struggled. Last start versus Toronto, tell me why. He's three and two-thirds. He's got, he hasn't given up a run. He's got one hit and he's got seven Ks. Why are you pulling him? I, I don't understand that. Well, he might have had some work on the side there, Pepsi, but that uh, Seattle start was on 8-19 and the, the Toronto start that followed was 9-16, no, a 9-6. There probably was some side work. I don't know if he went down to the, he might've went down to the minors uh, for like just a cup of coffee or something like that. But yeah, again, they're just trying to keep his name down. Tampa's very cautious of this. Uh, they, they like their good pitchers, the good pitchers that are cheap. We saw the same thing with Glasnow as well. Like Glasnow, they totally babied him too. Snell, uh, I mean, eventually it works Snell up, you know, to a guy where they trust that can unleash him. Uh, and the other part, you know, as far as this Texas lineup, like lots of Ks in here. I wish the lineup was kind of flipped because if you look at the lineup, like all the big K guys are at the bottom of the lineup. And like, I can't even say with full confidence necessarily he's going to face Guzman twice or Trevino twice, or, you know, he's probably going to face Calhoun twice and Solak twice and Elvis Sanders twice. But those guys don't strike out as much. So, you know, again, just be, the nature of the slate is making me even think it's possible. And I think he can thread the needle and go potentially five innings and 70 ish pitches uh, and strike out seven or eight in Texas. And you only need that W. And again, the SB2s are all so bad that that can be good enough uh, on a one pitcher site. 
just can't trust it. Like I just, it's no, I, I can't do it. But on like Yahoo or on DK, uh, I'm considering it. And as far as other guys I'm considering Pepsi, and I don't feel good about this one either. I mean, just the upside for Dylan Bundy. He's the cheapest pitcher on the slate. <laughs> I mean, he, he, in theory, he gives up a lot of homers, but he also has some K potential. Uh, and like, if things are going well for him, which is, it's kind of a leap to some extent, I suppose, but he can go six or seven innings. Uh, there is some upside there and it's different. Uh, it's different than Molly because again, Molly's expected to be popular. And I just don't like that spot for him. I will have less in the field. I understand the recommendation. I understand why people are going to be clicking that button. Uh, as far as other pitchers, like Tehran is throwing pitches, Gibson is throwing pitches tonight. Uh, I, I, I am a hard time getting enthused over either of those. You know, Malone is, is expected to be like the long reliever for Seattle. That Cincy lineup's not good. They added a DH, but it's, it's not a good DH. I guess you can play time alone and just hold your nose. Smiley's given up so many homers. Uh, you know, not a great ballpark either. I think he's put close to three homers per nine. I have that number in front of me, but got to pivot to that. He's been good in his last two starts. That does anything for you at Cincy, you know, at the Mets. Um, I guess you could play Smiley, but I just want to get away from the chalk that is Molly in tournaments. Yeah, you make a lot of strong points there, you know, and, and again, Simon McKay's an SP2 makes more sense, I think, than an SP uh, one or sorry, uh, you know, uh, a guy in a one pitcher set like FanDuel. And I agree with you. As much as I want to play McKay again, I'm not playing enough lineups to do so. Um, there's not a lot to love down here. Dylan Bunny's interesting. And I was waiting to see if the Dodgers showed kind of a watered down, depleted lineup again. Mm-hmm. Going to actually maybe consider going down to him, but that lineup looks pretty good right now. Uh, I'm just going to look at it again real quick while I'm talking to you here. I don't think there's a lot of big bats missing. I know Turner's still out here, but you know, you got Jock and and uh, Bellinger back in there, Seager, Pollock. It's, it's not a, you know, it's it's not the most potent lineup they have, but it's still pretty strong, minus what Turner and Muncie, I guess, the two bigger names there. So I mean, there's some upside for Bundy, as you mentioned it in, in tournaments for sure. I don't think I trust him in cash, but the price point's cheap. It's rare to have a pitcher, especially on DK at 5100, that cheap that has the potential to go seven and strike out seven. And Bundy does. Even if he gives up a couple of home runs, who cares? Um you know, because the striker potential is there. And even when he's getting hit hard, he's still getting those whiffs usually. So I don't, I really don't mind Monday, Monday at all. Again, other than the fact that I'm not playing enough laps to get to him myself. Um, interesting enough, though, I, I think I'd go melee one, McKay two, and then Monday if I was playing, you know, say 10 plus lineups. I mean, Russell Martin's in the lineup and he's terrible. Uh, you know, so that, that's, a, there's no Will Smith. Like that, that's a downgrade. Uh, Kiki is much better against, uh, you know, against lefties than he's against righties as far as, you know, Bundy, his splits this year kind of interesting because he's yielded a lot more power to the same-handed uh, hitters. You know, righties have a 258 ISO, while lefties have a 177, but he's striking out 27.7% righties. So it's kind of a push-pull risk-reward thing against righties. But we know that Dodger lineup is kind of loaded, loaded with lefties. We have but one, two, three, four, five. Uh, Peterson at the top, plenty of pop there. Um, you know, and Bellinger, we know, is super, uh, super imposing for sure. But again, you don't feel good about any of this. Like I don't feel good about any of it. So I'm fine just playing the ownership game. And I want to see what, you know, where it's landed is, you know, as far as the ownership projections, as we're closer and closer to lock, as I see right now, uh, 7% ownership projected on Yahoo. I'm curious what it is on, uh, on DK. It's going to jump around and see if that's similar. They tend to mirror each other to some degree, but um, I, I'm fine just playing the ownership game. <laughs> Seeing Rich Hill at 1%, that's 1% too high. Uh, on DK specifically, yeah, we're seeing 47% Molly. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like, that's just, that's too high, man. Uh, and then Bundy at 17%, then Corbin at 16, Smiley at 15, Gibson at 12, Tehran at 11. Homer Bailey's pitching. 
he's been better, but like he's facing Houston. I don't really well, I don't think I want to play that game, but I get it if you want to just, you know, hope for survival. Uh, I think Allard's been lucky, especially from a homer and fly ball perspective. We'll talk about that because his homer and the fly balls, uh, he's not given a lot of uh, fly balls for one, a lot of ground balls there, but his homer and the fly ball rate to, this year, Pepsi is like 3.6 or 3.8%. That's really low. Uh, so, and pitching in Texas too. So you, you think that would uh, correct itself to some degree. And that's part of the reason why uh, I'm on that Tampa side. We don't know if, if this guy's good, Allard. You know, he, he wasn't a, a big hype guy in the minor leagues. And maybe he's just getting lucky for a short period. And, you know, the regression monsters are lurking. But uh, that, that's kind of, it kind of bleeds into the bats. Tam, you know, Tampa's one of the, the spots I'm looking at for sure. Uh, anything else, final thoughts as far as pitchers, or shall we jump and talk about some, some sticks? Yeah, I'll just run them down real quick. Again, Verlaine is easily at the top. Highest floor, highest ceiling uh, that we have here. Uh, you can certainly step down to Corbin if you like. I don't feel comfortable with it, but Dean said that he likes it, and I think Corbin's fine. He's the only other so-called ace on the mound today. Uh, for SB2s, you know, um, I really like Tyler Maley, and, and just for the fact that, you know, there's no leash here. He can go six innings. He can throw 100 pitches. He could easily show a quality start versus Seattle, who does strike it quite a bit. I don't love the fact there's a lot of lefties in there, and his splits are so heavy, but still, you know, it's a cheap price tag. You can't have everything. He's not going to check all the boxes, obviously. Um, you know, and then Brendan McKay is the guy that I would really love to use if he knew that he was going to throw more than 60 pitches, you know. And if he struggles even a little bit, walks a couple of batters, goes up a couple of runs, maybe you're looking at a guy that goes four innings, strikes out five, and gives up a couple of runs. That's not going to pay off that salary. So, uh, the only other option you mentioned, Dylan Bundy. Well, not the only other option, but Bundy's got upside for that price tag, even though the Dodgers are tough. He still has the ability to go six, seven strong and, and, and strike out a batter per inning. And I guess we didn't really talk a ton about Smiley, but for me, I'd rather pick on Smiley than use him, so I'm not going there versus Atlanta. So at the top, it's JV. It's Corbin to step down. And for SB2s, there's three guys that I would consider decent options here, and I'm ranking them Maley, McKay, Bundy. Uh, I misspoke as far as Smiley. It's no longer three homers per nine. It's just 2.57 homers per nine. Uh, specifically, by the way, this one's kind of wild. Uh, in 22.1 innings versus lefties this year, Pepsi, he's given up 12 homers to lefties. Just kind of, that, 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 that seems like too many, doesn't it? Makes me a little nervous. I'm wondering what I'm doing on Phantom as, as a single pitcher still. I'm going to tinker a little bit, but I don't have a lot of time to tinker. I was thinking of rolling up Mealy twice, but uh, seeing that Seattle lineup, even though it's not all about potent, we have it yet? No. See, I want to see my lefties are in there when it does. It's going to be a lot of lefties. I think it's going to be a lot of lefties. Yeah, and even though they're not potent, I wonder how that plays out. But again, I feel like it's a night where I'm going to, if I'm getting off JV, I'm going to let my bastard talk. And so uh, I'm still pretty confident Maley can get a quality start there. And again, maybe one Maley, one, one McKay on Fandle. It's hard to tell, though, because McKay doesn't have that leash. So it's going to be tricky playing Fandle GPPs. We're going to have to play around with it, but I'm still going to lean Maley despite the splits. All right, promo time, Pepsi. Take a break, take a breather. Uh, it's intermission for you because you do want to mention the $10,000 that are up for grabs as far as the Vegas Insider Contest with the SharpSet app. It is free to play. Just download the SharpSet app and start swiping. Swipe right, swipe left, pick all the winners. It's good times. Do also want to mention a lot of premium members are just not aware of the, the Discord that exists. Uh, and there are Discord channels specifically for sports. Uh, specifically tonight, you're going to have the NFL Discord. It's going to be popping for sure because of that Thursday night game. Uh, lots of sharp people, including the experts, are in there as well. Uh, I know I see, uh, I know Blender is always lurking in there. I see Means is always lurking as well. Uh, you know, depending on the sport, just, you know, Cheese is in the baseball one. You know, you, you kind of see them on occasion. You can just add somebody, and sometimes they'll answer, sometimes they won't. But uh, yeah, take advantage of that. That's free if you guys have premium. If you don't have premium Pepsi, you can win yourself some premium. 
how do you do that, Pepsi, you ask? I can see that in your face. I know you're wondering. I know you're asking. I've only done this promo like 20 times with you on the air, and you don't listen to me half the time anyway. So maybe you heard 10 times. If you rock the Rotor Grinders, that was good math. If you rock the Rotor Grinders avatar, Pepsi, uh, you can go ahead and get all the information in chat that Devin's going to go ahead and drop for you guys. Just finished in the top 10. Don't need to finish on the podium. Don't need to bink like Pepsi's going to do tonight. The narrative street is last game before he takes off for Asia. Uh, just finish in the top 10, and you win yourself one free month of Rotor Grinders Premium. That's how we incentivize you. If nothing else, I get to butcher your name. That's a good times as well, too. There, there's definitely <laughs> some equity in that. There's certainly that's, some to that. It's my favorite part of the show. I practice these pre-shows, so I think I'm going to nail them. I think I'm going to sweep the board just for you, Pepsi. Uh, let's shout out to people that have recently signed up for the RG badge. we got Matty Ice, probably an Atlanta Falcons fan. Matty Ice, 522. Rogue AJ. Mirko. Bohica918, Jamie J. Perez, TTL91, and D. Terry92, who, uh, quick math, I'm going to say is 27 years old. Pepsi, nailed him, right? Well done. Well done. My last show of the year, and you couldn't even butcher some names so I could laugh at you, but uh, as usual, always the consummate professional. Well, I wouldn't say, thank you for rounding up. I appreciate that. Uh, Pepsi, let's talk sticks. We talked, we talked arms. Let's talk bats. Give me a, a core play, a team. What's jumping out for you? Who are you building around tonight? I mean, I want to start with Bryce Harper. Um, you know, he hasn't had the season all of us expected him to have, but he's still an on-base machine, starting to heat up recently. And Julio Tehran really struggles versus lefties, and especially if that lefty is Harper. He absolutely owns him if you're a BVP person. Uh, over 400 batting average, eight homers, 11 walks. He just smashes him. And, you know, you never have to use Harper in GPPs because of the fact that people can just walk around him and then bring the lefties in. And, and Tehran might do that tonight. But as far as the cast game lock goes, his price is reasonably ac- across the industry as well. So I-, I love Bryce Harper tonight. Obviously, JV, Justin Bieland, we talked a lot about him as well. And the other bat I want to talk about, I love the Red Sox tonight. And it's J- J.D. Martinez having the upside for GPPs over Harper because, you know, he's more likely to get pitched to. You know, he's just a beast. And, and Buckholz really struggles with power, fly balls, and especially to righties. And all of those check the box for J.D. Martinez tonight. So in cash, I'll give the edge to Harper. For GPPs, I'll go with J.D. Martinez. Both reasonably pricey. I knew you were going to cite the uh, the old BBP there. Harper versus Tehran is one of the ones people cite all the time, and it's a pretty big sample. Uh, probably not satisfying, uh, you know, one Derek Carty. He has to see 10,000, you know, outcomes before he has a conclusion. But, you know, 55 plate appearances, 43 at-bats, which means he has walked them 11 times. I guess there was a sacrifice fly in there as well, too. Uh, and like you said, you know, eight homers. The, the OPS is one oh, – one that one, one, one five nine two. The Woba is six twenty eight. The ISO is uh, I'm sorry six twenty six. The ISO is six twenty eight. Uh, for sure, he's in play, and it all kind of lines up with the you know you got the splits, you got the platoons. Tehran historically struggles versus lefties. It's a nice ballpark, uh, so I'm all over that. As far as me, Pepsi, you know it's September call up, so you don't really know all these guys' names. I mean, I'm not even sure if you heard of this guy uh, playing shortstop tonight. He is stone minimum. I don't know if you need to open up some salary. I have one, uh, Chris Lowry. I believe he's a 27-year-old shortstop, uh, and it's his last. It, he's just this is his last night. He's just gonna. Play, it's just a one game. This is it. So narrative street. We're gonna play some Chris Lowry. Uh, his teammates call him Pepsi, so we're gonna lock him in. It's, I think he's a Blue Jay. Let's make him a Blue Jay. Sure, why not? Sounds good to me. I mean, I wouldn't build a lineup without him. <laughs> I don't think you can build one with him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the database at all. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but now we're going to go around the horn, Pepsi. One last time for you. I know, look, this is your, you're going to be sentimental. A solitary tear is going to fall down because you love 
I, I mean, you are, I know you're naturally a shortstop, but your favorite position to talk about is uh, the catcher, the backstop, because there's, there's always, there's always so, many cho- so many good choices. How do you narrow it down? I mean, I do love time of catching and catchers in general, but not when it comes to the FS, let's be honest. Uh, I'm looking to save money. We've we got a few guys priced around the $2,900 mark. Mike Zanino's got some upside. Obviously, he's got the home run upside. It's a good ballpark. We don't like him batting ninth, but he still could get four bats being on the road there. Your boy in studio, I mean, nickname? La Tortuga, the tortoise. There you go. Everybody in the chat was waiting for that one. Price tag's good. Don't love the matchup versus Corbin, but again, doesn't strike out a lot, puts the ball in play. And uh, Juan Centino, got a little bit of pop for the Boston Red Sox, 2700 bucks here. Again, batting last, but on the road in Toronto, uh, I don't think that's a bad matchup either. But am I in love with anybody? No, I think Zanino's the one guy I like that has some pop and uh, probably end up more often not using him on both of my entries here tonight. But uh, a cheap catcher with home run upside is all we're looking for once again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking to pick on Corbin, but like in Garver's, you know, depending on where you're shopping as far as the price, but leading off there for Minnesota and 114, uh, you know, bad sample size, Pepsi, 419 ISO, 473 Woba. That is a higher Woba than Nelly Cruz, the boomstick against lefties this year. Uh, it's, it's basically the same ISO as Cruz as well, too. Uh, it, it's just really, really awesome as far as the hard hit rate for him. 54.4% of the time, uh, he's hitting the ball hard. Boomstick Cruz at 57.5. Again, I'm going to have some Corbin, but I'm not going to dismirch, you know, Garver, uh, certainly available in tournaments, uh, especially at a thin position like catcher work. A lot of times it's just a dart throw. Let's move on. Uh, they're playing uh, They're playing bingo in the chat, by the way. If they didn't get it the first time around, or if their bingo card happens to have Lactotuga and the Tortoise, cross them both off. There you go. Well played there. Uh, going to get a bingo call at some point. I feel like we've hit on all the uh, <laughs> all the over-reliable, the, the classic, the go-tos. We're going to pull the string and say one of the seven sayings. Uh, first base, Pepsi, what do you have for yeah, first base is interesting. I think the guy that I uh, want to play and not have to pay up for is Jesus Aguiar. I mean, he's uh, in the five hole there, which is nice. The price tag is good industry-wide here. He's probably your top value bat across the industry here at any position. So love Aguiar there. I think Mitch Moreland's also interesting as a step off of him. Similar price to FanDuel. Um, the price is uh, reasonable on DK Fantasy Draft as well. And, of course, if price isn't a thing, Bellinger's your guy. Bunny does go up the home runs. He's a beast. So three real good options there. And I think Aguilar's number one for me. And, and Moreland's interesting. I'm not a Mitch Moreland guy in general. And I don't usually play the lefties. Moreland and Benintendi, much of the Red Sox stacks. But, you know, um, I just feel like tonight at that price point, Moreland's in pretty good shape. He's on the road here. I like the Red Sox a lot. So I probably will get exposure to him somewhere. So if Bali is going to be popular, and I know Cheese is lurking, he's in the bullpen, he's warming up for crunch time, and he hates it when people use the word leverage because a lot of times they misuse it, a lot of times they overvalue it. But, like, you know, Team Gear CEO, Daniel Vogelbach, he's 11 bucks on Yahoo. Uh, I mean, pound for pound, that's one of the best prices in the slate for sure. Uh, we know his power potential against Bali. We know Molly's vulnerable to lefties as well. So uh, I like him a good bit. And we just talked about it as far as Smiley and how vulnerable he's been to lefties this year what all the homers he's given up. Like if you're stacking up Atlanta, Pepsi, please, please do not leave out that vibe, Freddie. Got got to let Freddie Freeman as well for tournaments. Uh, Let's move on to the old keystone position. Second base, what say you? Yeah, second base interesting as well. I got basically three guys I'm looking at here, and we can can get a little bit. I think Ozzy Albies is your top guy. Hits lefties well. Smiley's been giving up pretty good. I like him in that two-hole there. I like the Braves as well. I think they're my second favorite stack after Boston and ahead of Tampa Bay, just to kind of give you guys a incentive what's going to happen later on. After that, Brock Holt again. I mean, when I play Holt, he does something. He's cheap. 
leading off for Boston could get five at bats there again against Buck Holtz and a bad Jays bullpen. I like that for value. And also Cesar Hernandez for the same reasons we like Bryce Harper. Tehran struggles versus lefties. I expect that game to have some runs. He's leading off again. He's also pretty cheap industry-wide here, or at least reasonably priced from the site that you're on. So Albies, Holt, and Hernandez are the top three at the second base position for me. Yahoo specific, uh, the floor, Gavin Lux. You know, he's a prospect. He, you know, the power hasn't exactly been on display just yet, but he's in Baltimore next jump there. We talked about Bundy, the power he yields. We know about that bullpen that being not very good. You know, and I just don't like talking about bullpens right now this time of year. Like Boston, we counted them yesterday, like 17 arms. Like there's no way of saying, well, you can't just say, well, that bullpen's bad. That bullpen's good. There's good, there's bad, there's lefties, there's righties. And, and you know, it, it's Forrest Gump. You have no idea what you're going to get here. And just as a collective, it's hard to say, but we just know that that bullpen collectively for Baltimore is not very good. We have no clue who's coming in, uh, but I don't mind Lux as a flat out punt if you need it. Um, you know, and Toronto's kind of sort of so much sneaky again, because who knows what Boston's going to roll out there. And, and, you know, I don't mind Biggio. I don't mind Bichette and, and Guerrero. All those guys are pretty reasonably priced also. Um, anything else that's uh, worth noting or shall we jump to the old hot corner, Pepsi? Yeah, let's move on to the hot corner here where I've got three more names for you again. Josh Donaldson's a guy that stands out to me. Again, a righty versus uh, the lefty smiley makes sense. Uh, for value-wise, uh, I'm looking at Matt Duffy for Tampa Bay. I think that Duffy's not a great hitter. He's batting six, though, in, in a good lineup on the road here. And I think he's going to have arbor opportunities. But again, if you pan up for Donaldson, I think Duffy is the guy that you know, gives you your value. And kind of the step off or the, uh, you know, the pivot from Donaldson – he knew Suarez. Love Suarez. I don't know if he's going to get the same amount of exposure as some of these other guys at third base here today, but uh, that's the way I'm seeing it. Like Donaldson first, Suarez second, and like Duffy for some value. Yeah, you mentioned Suarez, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, Dunn's going to be the opener, but Malone's expected to be the long reliever. He's probably going to see, you know, Dunn in the first inning and then Malone most likely twice more. And we know how he's a lefty master historically. So that might be, that's like some sneaky platoon value, I suppose, that maybe people don't, don't really notice. We think Verlander gives up a homer, probably a solo homer, because that's what he does. I think he's going like one, one and a half per nine in the season. And there's definitely some power in this Oakland side. It's certainly a, a jump as far as the ballpark. We know about the uh, get ready bingo cards, Crawford boxes. We haven't, we haven't used that one so much this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Crawford boxes are lurking over there in Houston. This feels like, and Verlander, I think more power to righties as well, too. Chapman, 15 bucks on Yahoo. Who do you have? G give me the A. Who's, who's giving me the A that bangs without tonight? Ooh, that's a good question. I'll probably go with Matt Olson. I think that's the one guy that I, uh, has the home run upside. It, uh, he likes to throw sometimes the low and inside of those lefties. I say, I say Olson golfs one out of here, but, but you're right there. Verlander's going to challenge you, especially with nobody on base. He's going to get up some power, and uh, we really don't care because up a couple of solo home runs, though. I would also say it's not insane, the roster, Verlander, and one of the power guys for Oakland in the same line in tour. It's like you can absolutely do that. Like, you know, there's this late uh, – you know, uh, you can't just have, uh, you know, slate-to-slate slate rules. It's, it, everything is fluid. Uh, so, like, as for tonight, I'm okay with that. Plenty of power on the Oakland side, and the price is pretty fair, too. And absolutely, there is a world where Verlander strikes out 10, gives up two runs, including a two-run homer, to Chapman or, you know, to even Davis, who's super cheap. And Chris Davis, Chris Davis, is a, he's the floor on Yahoo at $7. And, you know, as far as Rendon, we like him against lefties, but Gibson is, can be reverse blitzy. And we know home runs are, are more likely to go out to the left field as, as opposed to the right field of Minnesota, assuming that weather is all good and the price is up. Like, nobody's going to play Rendon. And, you know, maybe you should consider playing Rendon when nobody's going to play him on a short slate. And, you know, bringer of rain, Josh Donaldson, uh, going up against the bringer of dongs, uh, Drew Smiley. Uh, <laughs> so you can play him too. Let's jump back to shortstop Pepsi. Crossed Lowry. Lowry was scratched, unfortunately. 
Uh, he's, yeah, he's got a hip. He's, he's, he apparently he, he was hit with a. He, he was lying about his age. It turns out. <laughs> well, he's probably heading on a flight somewhere anyway, which is why he's been scratched to check out that hip of his. But uh, it's Xander Bogarts again for the top. Anytime I love Boston, I love Xander. Again, doesn't get the notoriety that Batson Martinez gets. So I'll have probably Xander both my lineups. Um, I think the pivot off him, interesting pivot, would be Corey Seager. And Ellis Andrews is a guy that I love, love, love to play versus lefties. He rarely gets the exposure he deserves. The price point's pretty good in him as well. I don't love to pick on McKay, but I think Andrews is interesting. He'd be looking to be contrarian, but it's easily uh, Bogarts for me. And, of course, Alex Bregman, where he's shortstop eligible as well, you know, I don't know what to do with Bailey. I don't have to pick on Bailey, but Houston's kind of so good. And the bullpen broken is pretty good as well. Bradman may be a better pivot than Seager even off of Bogart's tonight. All right. So a comment in chat, like, Pepsi keeps saying that the Tehran is vulnerable against lefties. Isn't Tehran good against lefties? I thought he was a first splitsy. So I went ahead and pulled it up. You know, as far as his K's this year, a little bit lower versus lefties than it is versus righties. Uh, the Woba is just a tick lower versus lefties. The ISO is lower versus lefties. But, you know, we generally lean on the, you know, historical data and historically yeah. You know, it's it's a pretty good size sample, but I will still say uh, I want the lefty versus Tehran as opposed to the righty. And it's not like it's pretty. You know, the ISO is one thirteen versus lefties, one sixty versus righties. Of course, I'm pulling this off from the Plate IQ here at Rotor Grinders, my favorite tool. If you were a uh, a premium member, you guys would probably feel the same way. But yeah, I, I'm gonna lean on like what he does historically. He's been around for so long, and I just think it's a uh, kind of sort of wonky. Let's say those stats are kind of sort of wonky. I just picked an adjective. For no particular reason, not because the chat is suggesting <laughs> things to throw out there, or just they're looking, they're waiting for wonky with their bingo card. Just kind of randomly came to me. Uh, so yeah, let's let's play the lefties against Tehran. You can play righties too, I suppose, but I'm more excited about the lefties as well. Traditionally uh, speaking, Dean, we're talking with Tehran as a, as you know, like you mentioned, throughout his career, he's been traditionally worse versus lefties. Remember, he's faced the Marlins a ton this year too, which kind of might numbers <laughs> a little bit. So I think five five or six starts versus them, but. In general, it's the pitcher that has struggled more versus lefties. I'm not too concerned with just this year's numbers. That's a really good point. I would love to see throw all the Marlins out uh, just as numbers, and I bet you it would not be nearly – because the Marlins are a bunch of terrible righties. I didn't yeah. think of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, do we have anything else as far as shortstop, Pepsi? You want to jump to the outfield? We're going to save some time for the chat. A little bit of shenanigans, seven-game slate. You know, it's your last show of the year. I'm sure they have some questions, like what you're, what you're doing – People want to know, I mean, I, I know they want to know some fun facts about Pepsi. They want to wish you luck and all that. And you want to give the chat some time to do that. I'm sure we do. I suppose. Why not? If nothing else, they're going to ask some baseball related questions. If you guys are on the YouTube, again, feel free to like and subscribe. Ask your questions there. Devin's going to pull them and throw them in the RG chat. Uh, of course, on Layaway, we have the old Jack in a bag. You're going to unleash. Do you have two for us or one? How many do you have? I got two for you because I can't decide on one. So. All right, fair enough. And you got some homers. You got some guaranteed homers. You're, you're guaranteed. It doesn't matter. You're not here tomorrow anyway. Nobody yell at you. So. <laughs> yeah, I got two out of three last night, and Goldie had a good game too, so I almost got all three of them. Two out of three ain't bad. Give me some outfielders. Uh, you know, I'm going to start here with uh, the Boston Red Sox outfielders, the Dodger outfielders. They're pretty obvious. I like Tommy Pham and Avisil Garcia from Tampa Bay. Um, you know, I also like those teams, obviously, to stack up as well. And my three random dudes, Ronald Acuna Jr., Bryce Harper, who we talked about already, and Michael Brantley is the one Houston Astro I like, especially in cash versus Bailey. But, uh, you know, Harper's got the BVP. If he pits to him, he's likely to hit home run, it seems. If they don't, he walks, he gets on base. And uh, Acuna, another guy with Jack in a bag upside. And, uh, of course, the splits with Shearer versus Smiley, who's given it up to righties. Uh, we see Brian O'Grady in a crack in the lineup at seven bucks uh, on Yahoo. I think he's like 2K or 2-3 on DK, and he's one of the kind of the ways. Three, yeah. There. He's not a prospect by any means. He's not 19. He's at 27, 28. 
but he gives us what he wants, at least in the minors. He did it against 20 year olds. Uh, I think it was like, don't, don't hold me to it, but like 28 homers and like 20 stolen bases, you know, uh, look, I just like to see that he has that kind of potential, you know, and he's facing Justin Dunn and Tommy Malone. I'm not exactly afraid of that tandem either. He might not even see Dunn. He might see this Malone a couple times. Um, let's see what else is sort of popping in the outfield. Uh, Soto is going to be mostly ignored, especially on Yahoo, where he's $27, basically the, mas- the maximum there. We talked about Cruz as a, you know, propensity to smash lefties. Corbin's not a guy I want to pick on, but it's still boomstick, and the potential's always there. Uh, I like the Arizona, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay side, and you mentioned Abasayel Garcia. Uh, Meadows I'm okay with because who knows how long Howard's going to stick around. They're stacking it up. I'll play him in tournaments and fam as well. And you mentioned picking on McKay. Some of these guys might only see McKay once, it's, especially at the bottom of the lineup, or maybe twice, no more than twice, I don't think. So, uh, you know, it's going to be some arm of that, of that Tampa Bay pen, which I think has been pretty good of late. Uh, but, you know, again, you never really know what you're going to get, and, like, the game's going to dictate who's coming out, whether it be a good guy or a bad guy. Acuna, $22 on Yahoo is a really solid price as well. All right, uh, Pepsi, favorites. Oh, no, let's do a screen share. Let's, let's see what's going on as far as the screen. I almost goofed there. On your last show, I would have blew it. <laughs> I would have felt terrible your last show this year. But uh, you know what the people always like to see, Pepsi? They like to see the umpire data. All right. I think we have one that's popping as far as the extremes. And I think it was – yes, okay. So Kyle Gibson and Patrick Corbin have an extreme pitcher's umpire. Everybody else, uh, no extremes. Everybody else is either neutral or a pitcher's umpire. There's no, um, there's no uh, hitter's umpire. Not even yeah. like a, a hint of a hitter's umpire. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, we got uh, Tyler Mealy as, as neutral here, and that seems to be the, the worst case, along with the umpire in Texas there. But yeah, I don't know that I've seen a slate all year. We didn't have at least a hitter or an extreme hitter's umpire, so that certainly bodes well for the bad pitching tonight. Does that matter? Well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, it's something. I don't know how to quantify it. It's something. I don't freak out over it. And, and for me, it's always like dependent on who the pitcher may actually be. Um, yeah, it, there, I, I don't know if there's any real rule. Like, you can't say, well, well, that means they're going to get an extra strikeout and a half, or that means you can't play them. Like, I don't like to overreact to those things, but I also like the information, giving the information for sure. Uh, as far as the K-props tonight, Pepsi, we have eight and a half total for Verlander. The juice is on the over, not surprisingly. Corbin at six and a half. Working our way down. Smiley at five and a half. Miley at five and a half. Tehran at five and a half. Uh, take a stand here. G- give me an over. Give me an under. What do we like here? I'm going to go over on Verlander and uh, Maley, and I'm disappointed that we don't have a number on McKay yet. Do you have a number on McKay? I don't see one. I don't, and it's probably because nobody knows how long he's going to go, and Vegas or wherever they're pulling this number from is just afraid to put a number out there because I don't know either. And I, I would guess like four and a half, but maybe that's too high if he only throws 55, 60 pitches. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, as of right now, I don't see a number. Maybe you can find one uh, you know, on the interweb somewhere, but whatever they're pulling this from, uh, it's not available, unfortunately. Uh, fair enough. But again, I will go over on Verlander and Maley. Uh, I don't love them hugely going over, but I see probably nine at least for Verlander. And I think Maley can go, I think he can strike out at least five or six, right? What, what's Maley at? Four, well, five it's, and five, it's five and a half. It's five and a half. Yeah, so so I, I, think, I, I mean, I think Maley can go five and strike out eight, to be honest. But um, I'll, I'll take the over on five and a half. Somebody, oh, it's uh, apparently Freddie Freeman's birthday tonight. If there wasn't reason enough to play Fab Five Freddie. Yeah. What, what is Freddie? Like 30? How old is Freeman? 29? What would you guess? Freeman. Yeah. I mean, we have a thing we can punch it into. I'll say it's 30. Uh, I'll take the under on third. Maybe you might have binked it. Let's see. Let's see how old Freddie. This is good internet television for sure. <laughs> <laughs> His current age is 
Oh, he is 30. We nailed it. You, you just won both showdowns. Boom. Boom. See, it's my night. It's going to be my night, I tell you. <laughs> Congratulations on that. And again, we talked about the ownership and like Verlander and Molly are just running away with the ownership tonight. And that's just, this is why I'm running away from Molly to some degree. I just, you know, and I understand why people are playing, but I totally get it. I don't think he's still have a Seattle lineup. I'm not really sure. But uh, it's going to be a bunch of lefties and he's vulnerable to them. The lefties aren't good, sure. But you know, I just don't think it's a great spot. Not that there's better spots, <laughs> and I get why you're recommending him. Uh, as far as the most expected, uh, you know, ownership as far as the hitters, this is actually on Yahoo, and I have it pulled up right now as far as, you know, the screen. It's different, you know, the ownership and all that is different per the site because, you know, the salaries are fluid. I said it twice. Ballinger, 31%. Acuna, 26%. Navarez, catcher. You're forced to roster a catcher with their 26%. Uh, Pepsi, give me some stacks. Give me some homers. The people want to talk to us. Light up your questions before we step aside and make way for crunch time. We've got about 10 minutes or so. Uh, homers, stacks, jack in a bag, milk in a bag. Give me everything. All right. My top stack, Boston, followed by Atlanta and Tampa Bay. For home runs, I'm going to go Acuna at the top, J.D. Martinez in the mid-tier, and Aguilar for value. My jack in a bag, I couldn't decide on two guys, Dean. Two guys I couldn't decide on. I'm going to cheat and give them both to you. Who are they? Oh, I'm just reading the chat. You're making me work. I'm trying to make you work. Why are you making me All work? That's not All cool. right. I'll give them to you. Acuna and Albies. I like them both. And generally when I use one of the home run, I use the other guy in the jack of the bag. But I think Acuna's got the better upside for it. But love both of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, last name starting with A here with Acuna and Albies. Okay. So specific to FanDuel, $28, $28 or under. Uh, what you can do is you can pull up the lineup page at Roto-Grinders and go to 2.8K and just scroll over and you'll see all the names that will pop up that are possible. And you click on the outfielders. And what do we have to pick from here, Pepsi? Uh, oh, I think it's Duvall. That's the first thing that jumps out to me. Or JBJ, who's somehow JBJ, that Boston back half of back that lineup is so terrible. He's moved all the way up to the seven spot. <laughs> it's just so rare for him. But uh that that's what we have, right? Who who are your favorite outfitters at two point eight K or less on Fanduel? Yeah, we just missed some good ones there. I'm okay with JBJ just because of the fact that I love Boston's the top stack and he's going to be highly underowned batting down that he should have lots of RBI opportunities. So I'm perfectly fine with JBJ. Uh, thoughts on a Toronto stack or maybe a three man? What do I do with three man? I mean, I don't hate it. It's just that she seems the kind of guy that I don't want to play righties with him. And obviously, you know, Bichette and Guerrero are two of the better bats, and they're both righties. You know, Smoke and Bijo, obviously, the lefties you want to use. Um, you could argue anybody that top five, but I'd say Vlad is going to be number one just because of how good he is. I'd want Bijo. I'd probably go to the top three. Bichette, Bijo, and Vlad's probably the way I do it. I don't love it, but, um, you know, it's a short slate and anything can happen. And that's Seattle It's a bullpen game, though. Like, I don't really care. Chasin, it's that's just one at bat. Like, he, I don't think he pitches three innings. Mm, so. We've got, we got some righties in this lineup for Seattle. One, two, three, four righties. Okay, so one more than expected. Who, who, oh, is it uh, Braden Bishop is in there that we're not, we're not expecting? Yeah, and Dylan Moore is there as well. So that's, that's a little better. Of course, you got uh, – Let's see the lefties here. Navarez, we're not really too concerned about him. And Donnie Walton. I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel just as good about it, I think, as I did earlier. I mean, we, we know Millie's not great, but again, if I get six innings, even five, a couple of runs, K per inning, I'm good with it. We don't like to, uh, you know, this is an anti-victory lap. I don't, you remember the show yesterday? It was like, all we need now, we just want to see, because we, we were all over Sunday Gray, and of course he was pitching a no-hitter into like the sixth or seventh inning or so, whatever it was last night, and it's like, I just want to see Kyle Lewis crack this lineup. This guy's projected to strike out 30% of the time, and Gray is cruising. 
he hit a guy and then he walked the guy and then Kyle Lewis comes up and hits a three run homer. So egg on my face. Um, he was still really good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's, let's ask some more questions here in the chat. I don't know. They're asking, I'm surely they're asking about the band Bush. <laughs> Bush, are you a fan of, are you a Gavin Rosdale fan of I love Bush, and it was funny enough, back in the day, there were Bush X here in Canada because they couldn't be Bush because of copyrights or something like that, so way back when, but yeah, I was a big fan of alternative music in, in the early 90s, mid-90s, and uh, I did like Bush a lot, yeah. One of the very first uh, concerts I went to was a youngster, there you go, uh, I'm trying to remember who else was, a, the Toadies opened up for him, how about that, one person in the chat remembers the Toadies, Possum Kingdom, fun song, Google it, kids. I know the uh, Toadies as well, Nirvana was a big fan of the Toadies, Kurt Cobain specifically. Really? Yeah, some of his favorite bands. The Toadies were one of his favorite I think bands. Like the Pixies or something like that. <laughs> Pixies are also there too. Uh, favorite Texas bats for cash. Is that an oxymoron? Yeah, I don't love Texas and cash because I actually really like McKay. We don't know how far he's going to go, but he goes four innings. <laughs> that guy's over two. I would say Andrews is the one bat I like on Texas. I don't love it. I just think it's interesting versus a lefty. So I'll leave you with Andrews, but I'm not loving Texas tonight. They just want to say, uh, at least the, I don't know if the, the chat's been polled or it's just a small sample size, Pepsi, but they're saying uh, the chat wishes it was me that was thinking it's a baticle, not you. So uh. <laughs> They do not. They absolutely love and adore you more than any other person on here. I know that's not true. They would have no fun without uh, the Deanisms every day at uh, 5 Eastern, so I know that's not true. They would have no bingo cards. What's the fun in that, of course? Uh, you, are you and Pacquiao going to become best friends? You guys are BFFs? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Pacquiao, and uh, he certainly knows who I am, obviously. So, yeah, we'll probably become new uh, BFFs until, uh, until I come back and get on board with you again. What are your plans? They want to know. They're asking. Can you say it in the vague terms? Or uh, I know you're doing some charity work. You're probably too modest to even mention that you're doing that. So, But uh, that's something that's definitely uh, you know, near and dear to your heart. But uh, what else What yeah. else do we have planned? I love kids. I love helping out when I can. So, yeah, I do a lot of charity for some uh, for some youth camps, some uh, some churches, some um, schools and, and orphanages and things like that. I've got a friend over there now who is a Filipino, and he's kind of involved in all these groups. So I'm going to go over and help with all that. It's, it's very rewarding. It's something I've always wanted to do. And, and thanks to BFS, I'm going to be able to do some of that, which is nice. And uh, it also doesn't hurt that there's a beach there with some sunshine, and I get to avoid the uh, winter snow here. So uh, it's a win-win. Can't wait to have you back, talk baseball. Hopefully you'll be back next year. That's my fingers across. Hopefully you might never come back. You're going to be enjoying yourself too much. You'll be drinking your Mai Tai. Well, you're not going to be drinking Mai Tai. So we're drinking, I don't know what the, like, the virgin version of that is. I'm not really sure. I guess a virgin, whatever. A virgin pina colada. That's something you like, is it not? I feel like that is. Yeah, Miami Vice is a combination of pina colada and strawberry daiquiri. The virgin Miami Vice is, uh, is a certain go-to on vacation for me. But uh, might have the odd Pepsi in the rocks as well, perhaps. <laughs> from from Michaela in the uh, the YouTube chat 100% Molly Verlander like I feel like that's like a super chalky combination like you can do that and that's what like yeah. the, uh, the, the that's what the optimizers are telling you to do but it's baseball and it's one you know one game sample size like do you like that idea I do because I'm playing two lineups again I'm making a couple lineups quick I'm heading to the airport so if I was playing more lineups it'd certainly get off of uh of a chalky Miley because um because we don't, we don't love Miley but you know, I just think if you're only making one or two lines, it's the way to go. And I'll find a way to try to whip my bats and hope that the chalkyism, that pitcher, works out just fine. Uh, they're asking us how we stand on to uh, Tommy Malone. Meh. I think he's playable just because, you know, the SB2 is so terrible. And that's into the lineup's not very good. I mean, I'm not enthused about it, but I'm not enthused about anything when it comes to the SB2s. You, you, have, a, you have a take as far as Tommy Malone? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I'm not playing enough lineups to really consider him. It's another reason why I like Suarez as a nice pivot off of Donaldson, just because eventually he's going to get a couple of bats versus the lefty, which you like. But uh, I wouldn't talk you off of Malone if you are really, you know, you're playing multiple lineups as an SP2. I'm fine with it. But if you're playing like six or less, I think we've got better options. Again, you know, Malley, McKay, and uh, Bundy, I like all three better. I just want to say, we didn't mention anything about Houston. Like, we barely talked about any of the Astros. Just kind of mentioned them in passing. They're certainly interested in returning to stack them up. We've seen, you know, their potential to put up 20 runs. I know they get the hook at some point because they're on cruise control, but they did put up 20 runs, and there's a way they get that. And Homer Bailey has been better of late, but he's still Homer Bailey and certainly vulnerable to get shellacked. Uh, from Kyle and YouTube, Atlanta, Philly, game stack. What say you? Yeah, that's a great game stack. Absolutely. If you're a game stack kind of guy, I love Atlanta, my second third stack, and uh, certainly upside from Philly as well. Uh, how do you prioritize the Tampa bats? Good question. Let's go look at that lineup. I would say Tommy Pham is one. I'm going to start with obviously the righties just because you want the splits in your favors ideally. So Pham one, ooh, Garcia two, and Aguiar three. If money's not a thing, if it is a thing, then Pham, Aguiar, and then Garcia. Uh, as far as the, the Baltimore side, how do you – I mean, it's going to be an L.A. bullpen game. It's going to be Hill. Well, Gonsolin's going to have to go, go for a, you know a few innings as well. Who knows how long he's going to go, but – Hill, I presume, is going to go like two innings, but no more, no less, essentially. Uh, VR, Alberto, those guys do anything for you? No, I'm still not on the uh, the uh, Orioles side. Even if uh, Gonsolin and Hill aren't going two or three innings each, they, they can still do enough to to uh, keep those O's bats quiet. Pepsi, we got to finish strong. You get, this is a uh, you know, this is it's just very sad for you. I'm I'm, I'm sad. I, I enjoy working with you. Uh, can't wait to work with you again. Obviously, I I'm uh, super excited for you. I'm super excited for your trip. Uh, you know, we're thank we would never on the bump will never be the same without you. <laughs> would, you know, you you have a singing trophy. You, you taught us about uh, you know milk in a bag, loonies and toonies. Uh, you once won a GPP once. That that definitely happens. Uh, that's on record. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody else orders the mac and cheese with ketchup and the seven shots of ketchup at the Cheesecake Factory quite like you do. And again, you've been lighting us all about butter tarts. I, I would not, you know, I'd be like six pounds less if uh, I was not aware of butter tarts existing. So thank you for that as well, Pepsi. Uh, but finish strong. Uh, let's get out of here. We're going to make way for crunch time. You're going to want to hear what Roth has to say as far as weather. Of course, you got cheese to answer all your baseball-related questions. Pepsi, what do you have for me? One last time. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Holler. We go.